Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. All right, have a seat if you can. Listen, uh, I... uh... My family and I got to do a little vacay last week. That was good. I heard Devin brought it. Did Devin do good? Come on. Come on. Oh, man, that was so weak. Come on, y'all. Y'all acting like y'all still online. Come on, listen. Did Devin bring it last week? Come on. It's good. Good, good. Well, obviously, um, I, I think that uh, the gospel is relevant all the time. It is relevant all the time. There is no situation that we will walk into that God has not already given us a prescription on how to navigate it. That doesn't mean that we won't have to make adjustments. That that doesn't mean that we won't have feelings. But I believe that even in this season, God has... um, illuminated some things that I think it's important for us to teach. And so that, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to walk through some stuff. And so I'm going to pray. And here's the deal. L- l- before I pray, let me tell you what this does. Okay? Y'all, y'all look at me real quick. Since It's been a while since I've really, really preached real long. And so I'm not going to preach real, real long, but it's going to be almost long. All right? So, so I'm just setting you up. What does this do? What does this do? The Bible says that this thing right here, you know what it does? It cuts away flesh. It does surgery. That's what it does. You may not have known it. You you may have thought this was an inspirational book of poetry, poems, and love. But this is what the Holy Spirit activates on to begin to train Kingdom-minded people. And so if you don't know, uh, come on, in Ephesians it talks about the helmet of salvation. Come on, the righteous blessed play, the girdle of truth. I I remember being in kids' church singing that song. You know, I got the helmet of salvation, righteous blessed play, the girdle of truth, and the shield of faith. I got the sword of the spirit. Listen, y'all don't mess with me. I will take you all the way back to school. Listen, listen. But if you don't understand what the purpose of this book is to do, this book is to drastically change how you think. You don't come to church for agreement. You come to church to be transformed by the word and you submit under it and then there is agreement. Does that make sense? If we all a la carte what we like, this book ain't Netflix. Where we, we like what we like and then, you know, every sermon is like, hey, we decided to preach this for you. Because we know this is what you like. That's not this book. It should encourage you. It should uh, strengthen you. It should empower you. It should humble you. It should frustrate you. It should challenge you. That's what this word does. 
How do I reconcile all of these thoughts? And here's the deal. You won't know it unless you get in it. This is what this does. Come on, help me. So here's the deal. For those of you who amen, y'all going to have to amen me a lot. And, uh, because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think your silence is, wow, this is really good. I don't want to interrupt him. Not dang. <laughs> Ouch. Come on, help me. May 25th. Rock the nation. With the death and murder of George Floyd. And, and for the last 13 days, we've been trying to navigate what it all means. It yet again ripped open a wound that America has been dealing with. And for all of us, it reminded us that not all people think the same even though they have been created with the same value. That's what it reminded us of. It, let, let me say this another way. You, you, just because you're a pastor does not mean that uh, you can very, be very quickly to care about your content more than your community. As a police officer, you, just because you put on a uniform does not completely mean that the heart under the uniform, come on, is to protect and ultimately serve the community. It also subsequently means that just because, listen, you're black, you're brown, or you're white doesn't mean that you have the best interest for your community either. See, the issue when you begin to point fingers is, and, and, and my mom told me this when I was young, you point one... It, at somebody else. You, you ever hear that? You got how many? You got, you got more pointing back at you. Here's the thing. Is that we keep having lessons in the depravity of man. And we're shocked when we do. So let me give you a little biblical insight. You are not good. <laughs> If you come from the aspect that you are good, then you are already operating under a flawed premise. You are, in fact, fleshly, sinful. You want your own way. You demand your own way. And it doesn't matter. Listen, listen. This broader conversation is this. We've got to make sure. That we understand as believers, our goal in life is not disruption. It is to heal and be a healing agent, listen, to those around us so that our backstory, our plight, our issues, our lives can be a living epistle written by men Would you rather people pick up your offense or pick up your love? Amen. Would you rather people want to pick up... Listen, help me. Would you rather people want to pick up your offense or pick up healing? All of us. We're just going to talk. We're just going to talk and we're going to talk real talk. 
Make, so, make no mistake about this. There are many groups looking to capitalize on this tragedy. Many groups. Listen. Thank you. I'm going to. Listen. For us, I am very aware that we cannot move backwards. But I'm also very aware, where are we moving? Where are we going? What are we doing? Because I'm not going to just blindly follow. Can I just tell you, the culture of Hollywood is not the culture of the kingdom. You just better know that. It's different. And so I want to break down some things that I think will help bless our heart. And let me just say this to you. The role of government is protection of its citizens, regardless of color, regardless of political affiliation. Come on, listen, that makes sense. Regardless of the role of government, we pay taxes. The role of government is to protect our society so that we can live and thrive. Not to be in our way. Not to tell us how to think. To provide security, safety, and order so that we can fulfill whatever God has called us to fulfill. The role of the church, listen to this, is to teach people how to live free. The role of the government is not to teach you how to live free. That's the role of the church. And let me just tell you, that's why we've got to make sure. Come on, obviously, you don't have to be in the church for 45 years to see a spiritual issue happening here. Where where we have issue after issue and people are tired and drained and COVID happens and we disconnect from church. And then all of a sudden, something that most decent Bible-believing people think about, something happens and it rocks you would have to see there is a spiritual battle come on happening the house exists for people to meet the father to accept forgiveness, to live free, to fuel purpose. It's more than a couple words on a wall. What that means is if you're going to do that, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have to learn, come on, help me, to run from sin. You're going to have to learn to remove the lie that plays in your head that I am less, that I am not wanted, that I am overlooked, that I, come on, does that make sense? That lie that plays, I'm not smart enough, I didn't do this, I I messed up too bad in my past, that lie, you're going to have to reject a victim mindset. Come on, listen, there are no victors, victims in the kingdom. On what street do victims live in heaven? Listen to what I'm saying. You're going to have to break generational curses off of your family. Come on, like, like that's an issue. And I believe that some of the things that we're dealing with, with what has happened in America's past, there is still this generational issue that, you know what, it requires repentance. It requires change. It requires some things. But here's the deal. If we could talk in our own lives, maybe you 
had a grandfather that had an affair and, and a dad that had an affair and you've been struggling your whole life I will not and I don't know about you but can I tell you this just because you make a statement doesn't mean that that fixes anything I can't tell you how many college students I have mentored over the last 25 years that their grandfather was addicted, their father was addicted, and they said, I'm never going to be addicted. And then guess what happens? They're what? Say it. Why? Because here's the deal. Judgment doesn't free you. Assessment does not free you. If you begin to judge, listen, somebody else in your life that hurt you. Come on, listen, lean in. What you actually do is you say, I would never do what they did, but you didn't have their circumstances. And so what you do is you operate in a place of judgment and authority. And God is like, there is only one baby and it's not you. We've got to learn our place and authority as sons and daughters of God. Like, like regardless of your color, regardless of your background, regardless if you grew up in a high class, middle class, or, and you, or you had no class. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I'm telling you that once you say yes to Jesus, you are a son, you are a daughter. I can't wait till we get this sermon done because we're going to talk about sons and daughters. You're going to have to allow your heart to be healed. You're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to do surgery on your heart. Way too many people compartmentalize God's teachings and go, okay, I got that. No, you don't got that. Actually, you've never thought about it one time. You've agreed with it and you've heard it in a sermon. You wrote it on a journal, but you've never taken the time to go five deep and go, why do I do what I do and why do I act the way I act? And Holy Spirit, what do you want to unearth so that I can walk in greater levels of freedom? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's why the Bible is alive and active. You read it. And then you're like, dang, that's a really good verse. Ten years later, you go back and read it. Hopefully not ten years. But you go back and read it. You're like, wow, I never saw that. Why? Because that's where you're at right now. That's the next stone that needs to be removed. Come on. God wants us to walk in wisdom. Wisdom. For us to develop this, we've got to realize that our goal is as a church is not activism it's transformation hear me hear me transformation transformation that means being filled with the holy spirit become life-giving walk in the purpose of god and i promise you you will have more benefit and you will i'm telling you you will be an agent of change in this life let's look at jesus's own words i want to talk a little bit Let's talk about Jesus. Let's unpack Jesus. Let's look at the one who showed no signs of racism. 
Let's look at the one who was mistreated and misunderstood. Let's look at the one who was marginalized because of where he grew up and who his family was. Come on, look at this. Let's look at the one who lived with constant rejection from people who should have known better. Let's look at Jesus who lived under the oppression of Rome. Jesus received oppression from the Pharisees, from the Sadducees, from the high priest. Just think about the list and the laws that you had to live under in that time. Come on, listen to this. As we begin to unpack Jesus, it's funny. The, the Romans despised the Jews. The Jews despised the Samaritans. This is the culture that Jesus grew up in. In fact, even Jesus' own disciples did not want the Gentiles to receive the Holy Spirit and the truth of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Why? Because they said it's recorded in the Bible. They didn't deserve it. They were Gentiles. Can I tell you this? Guess what you are? You're probably a Gentile. Most likely you're a Gentile. Jesus, this was what he lived under. This is where the ministry and movement started. Can I tell you, listen, I know it's not Christmas, but I need to take you back. Jesus was born. Where King Herod is trying to kill him and his family and many kids are murdered because of Herod. This is the insertion of Jesus. And when he finally gets a crowd big enough to listen, he stands on a mount and he begins to teach. And here is what he teaches. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, verse 24. You have heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders is liable for judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable of judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to hell. What? Stop. Jesus, you obviously don't understand all the the cultural dynamics that's been happening. Like that's his message? That's what he says? And if you, look at this, are offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, Stop, listen to this. It doesn't say, listen, if you're mad at someone, go tell them. It says, if your brother has something against you, come on, all of us have been convicted by the Holy Spirit and we're wondering, Kyle, you know what? It's off. Our relationship's off. Something's not right. Something's going on. You know what? The Bible says, don't continue on blindly just giving your trinket and saying, God, I'm here to serve you. Stop. Pause. Go reconcile. Get it right. Come back and still give your gift in Jesus' name. Come on. Like, that's what it says. That's not how we operate as a culture. 
Jesus taught heart change. Because he knew that real heart change would lead to real transformation. Come on, hear me online. We see that Jesus went about the work of transformation. Jesus modeled mercy to the weak. Jesus spoke to the motives in people's heart. Jesus held people accountable regardless of where you were from. There's an old saying, bless your heart. And I believe that we need to have a little surgery on our heart. And I want to give you three ways that you can bless your heart. Come on, somebody. Does that make sense? And so, yes, I am talking in the context of what's been happening over the 13 days. But everything that I'm going to talk about, you can apply to your life personally right where you're at. Here's the deal. The human heart weighs less than one pound. It beats 100,000 times a day. I didn't know that. I Googled it. Because you were like, man, our pastor's really smart. Siri's really cool. And my wife, my wife, I had to, actually, she was like, say all this. And I was like, I can't, because half of that I can't pronounce. Uh, Listen, when your heart and your body work together, then guess what? You're going to be able to thrive. But if your heart stops working, (laughs) you stop working. Heart disease is the number one cause of death in the Western Hemisphere. Okay. Spiritual heart disease is the number one cause of bondage and spiritual death. Come on, listen to this. Spiritual death death is far worse than the heart disease because you can be breathing and functional but never truly alive. Come on, listen to this. Jesus spoke a great deal of the heart, and the heart is the metaphor for your inner life. The heart is the center of our thinking, feeling, actions, and giving. God is concerned primarily about your heart. He wants you to have a healthy heart. We are pastoring boldly so that you can have the truth in love So that your heart, come on, listen, can thrive and be healthy. Because here is what we know for all people. Rejection is coming. Listen, I want to give you three ways real quick to bless your heart. The first one is, if you're going to bless your heart, you're going to have to consistently and always refocus. You're going to have to refocus. Listen, it was easy for all of us to be angry with what happened with George Floyd. We all were. All of us. But let me be real for a second. Can I be real? Y'all going to let me be real? Come on, take off your mask. Y'all going to let me be real? All right, two of you. Okay, cool. Everybody else is scared. Okay? Listen. Listen. There are many different perspectives on this whole thing. Maybe you're thinking, when is our world going to listen? And we should be. Maybe you're thinking America should be further along than it is right now. Maybe you're a policeman and you're frustrated because now you've been lumped with with other people and you're not that. You didn't start to be that. You didn't go through the academy to be that. You didn't get your training to be that. And now you're frustrated and on guard because now people have lumped. Come on, help me. 
Maybe you've thought all this for a criminal. Maybe you've had that thought. Maybe you're angry because people have assumed that you're racist by the way you look. Or that you didn't act enough or you didn't post enough or you didn't do. And so what happens is the body of Christ has been pushed. And here's the deal. In this body, insignificance will not rule. You are seen. You are valued. You are loved. There is a purpose. And shame will not rule. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because that is not how we continually thrive in what God has called us to do. Come on, we got to refocus. When you feel like nobody understands, God understands. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, look at this. For we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weakness. Some of you are so held tightly to what you feel politically that you can't sympathize. There is a part of sympathy that is in, come on, the nature of God. I can love the person who is crying and hurt, but I don't feel compelled in that moment to begin to teach all the lessons. I can just love. There have been countless people over the last 25 years. If it be homosexuality, if it be uh, uh, abortion, if it be whatever. That I fundamentally see in the Bible that will not help you thrive. But in that moment, I'm not trying to prove anything. I have a high priest who sympathizes right where we're at. And he loves us. And he cares about us. And listen, he cares about everybody who's hurt you. He cares about everybody who's wounded you. He understands and wants to dive into that story. Because as you begin to open up and tell him what's going on, he will begin to surgically over time, as trust is being built, he will begin to move things out of your life. And he will be able to stabilize you. Does this make sense? Come on, help me. We preaching the word here or what? Come on. We can sympathize with the hurting while at the same time have a clear path forward. Many times this week I had to fight for the right heart. I had to refocus. Refocusing doesn't mean refusing to see. That's not what it means. And that's not what I'm saying. So don't send me no email. This means, listen, I've got to make sure in my own life that I am not digesting the lie of the enemy. That my emotions aren't taking me somewhere. Come on. That I know that's not how Jesus would act. And as a believer, come on, listen. I cannot put my Jesus down when I want to get off in it. And then pick my Jesus up when I'm done. In, and I'm just talking about me. I got flesh for days. I get discouraged. I, when I'm mad, even over this, I want to see that. Every, I want to see everything burn. I want to light the match. Walk away. 
I want to label people. I want everyone to get what they deserve. Man, I'm good at pointing. Maybe I'm the only one. Come on, but I am great at telling you what you're bad at. For me, I love it when people only agree with me and never challenge me. Oh, y'all like that too? Come on. This is not the example that Jesus set and this is not what Jesus taught. When we refocus, we take our eyes off of the people who hurt us and we put them back on Jesus who heals us. That is what the church needs to be talking about. Once Jesus heals your heart, then the Holy Spirit can give you a plan. And I believe that we need to have plans. I believe that. This is my prayer. That while this moment forces us to identify and look at the mistreatment of African American brothers and sisters. Let's be clear. There were many people hurt over this. There were Christians who were hurt. There were police officers who were hurt. There were our friends that picked up a fence. Man, I've seen so many people disfriend, not like, not talking to family. Uh, I, even marriages, talking about divorce over. You don't think that this is spiritual? Come on. Refocus your attention. Refocus so there's clarity. Un refocus by unplugging from the news. Refocus by being creative rather than negative. Come on, help me. Refocus by staying life-giving. Someone better preach. That deserved a clap right there. Come on, I'm going to help you. It was weak, but I'll take it. Listen. The second thing you're going to do for your heart. To bless your heart is you're going to have to repent. You're going to have to repent. Here's what it says. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful to forgive us. To forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Matthew chapter 4 verse 17 says, Repent of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. As people... In this country, how do we desire and believe that America can be great and still deal with the sins that we see? It's a complexity. And I know that our nation, listen, is not a child. But there are many times that my kids, who I'm glad nobody knows about that. Come on. But I still believe in their greatness. There's many times in my own life. Ooh, I'm so glad y'all don't know my high school friend. <laughs> Come on. But I, but I still believe that there's a God-given potential. And so for us, I am believing for that potential. I am believing that we can thrive. That, that, that our, our heart are healed. Because here's the deal. It doesn't matter who's in leadership if they're deceitful and wicked. It doesn't matter if we have a re we redistribute power anywhere and everywhere. It's always the heart. Does that make sense? 
It's always the heart. And without a submission to the Lord, absolute power will corrupt absolutely every single time. Help me. There is no doubt that slavery hurt our black brothers and sisters. And there's much work to do. But I still believe that this is a land of opportunity. Come on, hear me. And we have scars. But I believe there are more people in America that want to see this thing thrive. I believe that. And listen, the struggles are important to God. For every believer, listen, the most important thing, and and I want to touch on this because it's vital. It's vital. Listen to this. We've got to make sure that you are not just continually digesting the nightly news. They have an agenda. It's like Facebook. Do you understand? What I'm Somebody owns it, and there is a narrative. And it doesn't matter if you're a CNNer or a Fox Newser. There is someone who owns the company that is strategizing like we do sermons. We take time. We pray. We're like, God, what do you want us to do? And then we roll on what we feel like God's call. Someone is, there's a board in the back going, And we need to make sure that we take all that we receive and put it in the counsel of the word. We've got to. Because here's the deal. In the last days, there will be many that will be manipulated. As the Antichrist rises, you need to understand that manipulation is going to happen. The enemy is good at what he does. I am not trivializing what has happened, and I'm not saying that we don't need change, so don't don't go there with me. I am saying that the enemy is so good at what he does, he was able to talk one-third of the angels out of their position and to rebel against God, and they had seen God. That's pretty good manipulation. We can take him. You think so? Let's do it. Wings up. And then God's like, I'm just kidding. That was dumb. Come on, help me. Listen. When adversity happens, our first response is flesh. But we've got to replace that flesh with the word of God. Flesh feels right, vindicated, justified, passionate. But is it true? Because only the truth will set us free. Only the truth will set us free. For all of us. It's very important. Yes, God created uh, uh, diversity and color and culture and background. And it's fun. I don't want to just be a white church. I want to be a multicultural, multigeneral. I don't want to be just a young church. Because here's the deal. I love y'all young people. Y'all got a lot of passion, but y'all don't know nothing. I love you. You got to like, this is the way it should be. And sit. Sit for a second. And just, you know what I'm saying? Stop judging every parent that you see while you're not even married. Stop. Learn something. I want to have multicultural. And you're going to hear it in our worship. 
You're going to hear it and you're going to see it. You're going you're to feel it. And there's going to be a different life. And listen, I remember when God called us to Northwest Arkansas. And the two things he told me is he said, you're going to have a multicultural, multi-generational church. And I did not know how hard that would be. But we are committed to having that. But we are going to teach truth and love and watch the Holy Spirit grow and do a work. Come on, help me. That's good. Y'all can clap right there. That's an insert clap. Prompts prompts are going to be on the screen so that you know to clap. Okay. So Bible-believing people. I know I'm going. I'm I'm trying to hurt fast. Devin, I know I'm hurrying fast. I see you shaking your leg. All right, listen. Listen. Okay. You and Adam. All right. Listen. Can I tell you that if you are a believer, you have submitted your life to Christ. You now shift from carnal to spiritual. Okay, does that make sense? It does not mean that your color, background, or culture does not matter. It means that it's not first. Can I tell you that when we all get this done, we're going to be in heaven and there's going to be no y'alls or yo's in heaven? Some of y'all might not have thought about that. There ain't going to be no twain or ebonics in heaven. It's just going to be spiritual. Does that make sense? And all of this is, is skin. And it is, you know, listen. Differences have to be trained and taught. Because everybody's scared of what they don't understand. Everybody is. So us as a culture, listen to what I'm saying. This is why I'm saying this. If you see an older person here and you are under 18, I do not want you to look at them and be scared. They have some wrinkles. I've always been scared of nursing homes. I don't know if I like older people. I feel like they're looking in my soul. I don't know. You older people who are over mature saints. (laughs) I know you see these 15, 16, 17-year-olds. They got piercing discipline. Hair and half the shirt in and half the shirt out. And you're like, could you not make up your mind this morning? And and you're like, I see it. and, And I don't want you to be like... I just don't get it. I try to say hi, and they're looking at their phone, and they're like, hey. I'm like, I'm offended. You don't see me? Look at me when I'm talking. Come on. When you see color, when you see an African-American, when you see a Hispanic, when you see a, a white person, when you see people, look at me. I am expecting you as a believer to greet everyone, to see everyone, and to respond. And if you can't do that, this is not your church, or you need to get saved and get discipled and go through our, our freedom. Like, we're not mad at you. That may be your background, but that can change in the Word of God. Come on. Help me. Help me preach that. That's good. Y'all doing better. Y'all, y'all doing better. Listen. 
Where's your heart? Do you need to forgive? What do you need to forgive? Repentance breaks the stronghold. When you repent, listen, listen to this, lean into this. It brings your account back to zero. Repentance is a gift. Come on. Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to ask forgiveness from? Repentance is a tool, and it shows us that we trust in God. Okay? Listen, I got one, one last verse, and then I'm going to get out of your way. The third thing is this, reconciliation. If you want to bless your heart, the whole theme of heaven is reconciliation. That's the theme of heaven. And so if you don't like reconciliation, I don't really think you understand the whole concept of God sending his son, redeeming man, and bringing them back into the kingdom. Here's the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 through 18. For the love of Christ controls us. Did y'all miss that? Jamie, did they missed that, didn't they? Did they miss that? Don't be too loud. You'll offend somebody. Come on. It's 2000, 2020. Listen. For the love of God, what does it say? Help us online. Come on. The love of God, what? The news doesn't control us. The media doesn't control us. Your past doesn't control us. Prejudice doesn't control us. What controls us? Mm. Mm. I have seen a lot of people out of control. Come on, listen to me. I don't know if this world will ever be perfect. But I know that we can give perfect love in the midst of this world. Because we have concluded this, this is what he writes, that one has died for all. Therefore all have died. And he that died for all, that those might, those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him, for their, their sake, died and was raised. Listen to this. From now on. That means from now, from now on. Everybody say, from now on. From now on. Therefore, regard no one according to their flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to his flesh. What did that mean? We were excited the Messiah was born. Okay? We regard him there no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, come on. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Because the, all things have become new. This is from God. Through Christ who reconciled us to himself. And gave us the ministry of of reconciliation this is a church that sinners can come this is a church that prejudiced people can come this is a church that alternate lifestyles can come and we are going to teach them how to love others how to walk in truth how to be free 
if they'll give us a year. You'll see it. When I was in college, I remember leaving a, a, a spiritual service. It was very intense, but a lot of worship. And I had kind of distanced myself from my mom and my dad. And many of you know my story. I was adopted from a foster home. Parents got divorced. Uh, had just a kind of an in and out relationship with my dad. Uh, you know, um, mom was just, uh, had a hard life. Had a hard life. A very broken past. And I had a lot of offenses. Had a lot of hurts. And here's what I, I remember this verse being read. And when I got done crying, I knew it didn't matter what they did. It was my job to give the ministry of reconciliation. And that, and so in no way am I applying that this is equal to racism or prejudice that people have felt. I'm just telling you my story. And many, many times in my life I've been tested in this. Two years ago when we got into the head-on wreck, all I was doing was taking my kids to school. Someone had a careless moment, hit us head-on. I had to go through, I mean, it was just a lot of pain. We didn't know if Hallicate was going to, I mean, just, just hard. There was no insurance. There was no money. We had to take care of all that, and we're still taking care of that. But when I saw them at a football game, I remembered that moment. And I went up and I said, I love you guys. And they began to cry. All I'm telling you is this. We live in a small community. I could have picked up sides. We could have had division. I could have put blasted them on Facebook. I could. Does that, come on, help me. Help me. Because we're not talking about $10,000. We're talking about hundreds. Lots of money. Two air flights. All I'm asking you to do is this. You were wrong and Jesus paid the debt. We were wrong and God didn't make us pay. And we all have offenses. And I'm asking you to lay those down. And let's have a conversation that begins to move this country forward. Reconciliation is the heartbeat of this house. That's what it is. It's the heartbeat of this house. Ben, y'all can come up. And so here's the deal. I'm going to pray over you real quick. We're almost done. But we're going we're gonna to have a little ministry. And I know you can't come up to the front. But we're going we're gonna to allow God to move right here. And so y'all kind of sing oohs and alls and stuff in the back. But we're going to... Maybe you need to refocus. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you have realized what it's very hard for me pastor right now because I am so here and I know I need to be here that's the Christian life 
God has patience for that, baby. God has patience for that. He's just in sweetness and say, come, come on. Listen, there is no joy there. There is no hope there. There is no future here. Come on. Come on. Broken homes. I'm commanding you in the name of Jesus to come together. Broken lives. I speak healing. Come on, help me in Jesus' name. Broken spirits. I speak confidence of the Almighty God to strengthen you once again. We are a place of reconciliation. Come on. Broken trust. We speak faith right now to take another step. This house is a house of reconciliation. This is a house of love. This is a house of truth. This is a house that will flow the blessings of God over our lives. So where do you need to refocus? Where do you need to repent? And where do you need to reconcile? Come here, Dev. Will you please come up here? Katie, come on up too. It is not the church's job to respond how everybody wants us to. It is the church's job to respond like the kingdom. And that's what I'm going to do to the best of my ability. And so here's the deal. I know we went long, but I don't care today. I don't care. That don't mean you can go as long as I did went. Because <laughs> you know, preachers preach. <laughs> When I say all this, what are you thinking? What have you seen? What have you seen here? What do you think? Yeah, just just speaking for here in this house, I I mean, I love the diversity that we have. I've I've never just in a transparent moment, I've never felt like I have to be less black or less me or or not wear Jordans to be a part of <laughs> of the church or to get some you know bootcut jeans. Um, I've. I, <laughs> Y'all wait till tonight. (laughs) I've been able to just be me and and be where I'm from and have all my experience, but but also step into using my gifts and and, and believing the thing that that God has for me. And I love the just talking about love and truth because love covers a multitude of sin, but truth sets people free. Um, And I think that that's what we can give. We can give people love. I can look at people who don't think like me, who... Um, are from a different place and give them love, but also share truth with them. And I think when you put those two things together, that's how you're able to have unity and people will be able to be different, but also all be able to grow and use their gifts. So, yeah. Amen. Come on, y'all give Devin a hand cup. Here, we're going to pray. Come here, baby. So just real quick, come on, where you're at. Come on, turn the lights down a little bit. Turn the air on. Who's hot? All right. Yeah. Trying to melt the sin out. Lord, holy. <laughs> Stop. I have not preached last week. I'm sorry. I'll be shorter next week. Uh, oh, yeah. You, she's speaking next week. My bad. So it'll be really good. Invite your friends. It'll be a whole lot better. Okay. Where do you need to refocus? Come on, all over this place. Come on. Devin's going to pray. We're going to pray here in just a second. Come on, where do you need to refocus your attention? It's been on the storm. It's been on the ripples. I need to refocus. 
Come on, maybe you need to repent. What do you need to repent? It may not even be this issue. Where do you need to repent? My attitude, my pride, my inability to listen and hear. Where do I need to repent? Where do I need to reconcile people in my family, my friends? How do I need to show reconciliation on my social media? How do I need to plan a way forward, but do it through a life-giving process? That is the goal of the church. We're going to pray for you, and then you pray for us, and then we just pray for it. No, I'm just kidding. Father, I thank you for Devin. And Father, I, I believe in spiritual proximity. And I believe that you're outside of time. And Father, I pray that the love that, that we began before this church was even formed. God, that people would see the authenticity of that rather than the political lens. And they would see that something is different here. They may not know how to describe it. They may not know how to call it. And, they, and, and God, right now we pray against wolves in sheep clothing that want to come and destroy the body and the work. And Father, I pray that love would remain. When all else is gone, that love would remain. And Father, I pray that the seeds that we've sown in private would permeate this, this church. That people would come here and not feel judged but trained would feel valued Father I ask that you would begin to move your Holy Spirit through the leaders of our country and their words would be framed with life and purpose rather than accusation and division thank you for listening to this week's podcast We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.